If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 134 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about those Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on March 27th, the final episode in March of 2022. And that is right. The final week of March is upon us, my friends, as time continues to bolt right by us all. And along with the final week of March comes the final full week of spring training baseball before our beloved regular season begins in just about a week and a half. Oh, can't freaking wait. So how are we doing, my friends? Me? Well, I'm still busy as hell with the new job position. (laughs) But the work's getting done both at work and here on this podcast. The grind never stops, guys. You know the deal. And there being more baseball as the weeks go by, that acts as a great motivator too now, doesn't it? And as always, inject any and all of it, spring training or otherwise, straight into my veins with as big a needle as you want to use. And by the way, This is coming from someone who hates needles, so you know I'm for real. So you gotta know that whether it counts or not, I'm enjoying the hell out of spring training as I do every year. And as far as the players enjoying spring training, well, there's plenty of that to go around as always as well. This year, well, Joey Gallo has taken it upon himself to be the class clown, per se, going around and just being an absolute doofus. (laughs) There's always got to be someone doing that each year. Before, in most recent memory, and most iconically, it was Kane Lee and Britain, if you remember, just busting each other's balls all day long. Almost every day, it seemed like there was another clip being released on social media of the two of them just being a couple of clowns. (laughs) Now, this year, it's Gallo. And I got audio from that, and I wanted to play it on today's episode, because it's just, it's just amazing. Now, part of it, you really do have to see what's going on, visual-wise, but... I wanted to play it still because it's just hysterical and you could get the gist of what's going on by just listening to the audio for like 90% of it anyway. So here's the clip of Joey Gallo being just a doofus throughout spring training, just going around being mic'd up and just going around being a typical Italian ball buster. So just <laughs> take a listen. Mic check. Zone. My main objective is not let Aaron Judge know I'm mic'd up. I'm going to see how long it takes for him figure out that I am. How many Golden Gloves? Two. Two? It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Yeah, can I take some? They're, they're, they're judges anyway. Yeah, I think Judgey knows. He's freaking me out a little bit. What's the kettle roasted ones like? Uh, I like sweet and salty. That's your. That's what you like? I like original. I'm basic. I don't think anybody knows yet. That's good. What? I'm gonna convince everybody that uh, Judgey's mic'd up. 
I think Judgy's mic'd up. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm a good liar, huh? It's not a good thing. Get, get Glaber going to the wrong field here. Please. Look at this guy. No idea. Doesn't even look at the schedule. I've never seen it. I get a zoomed in shot of that. There he is. I wish Big G talked a little bit. This would be a good, this would be a perfect spot right here for a nice conversation. Talk about protein shakes or something. It's like the game of Among Us. You know what? That's a good idea right there. Trying to figure out who's mic'd up. You just you just got cameras on everybody. They don't know who. A lot of talk going on who's mic'd up right now. A lot of talk. That's all it is, just talk. Why are the cameras following you around? They doing a special on you? Said something about the most popular Yankees player in history. Talking to yourself again? Yeah, talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's talking to myself again. Oh my god, it's like a game of Among Us. <laughs> talking to himself, cameras following him around, making fun of Glaber, poking fun at Judge throughout most of it, and convincing people that he's the one mic'd up. <laughs> Saying the cameras are following him around as part of a documentary for the most popular Yankees player in history. Saying, I'm, I'm a pretty good liar. It's not a good thing. <laughs> People ask him what he just said. He's like, uh, he's like nothing. I didn't say anything. Talking to himself again? Yeah, talking to myself again. <laughs> Saying that he would talk about protein shakes if Big G, Giancarlo, wanted to talk. <laughs> I love crap like this, man. I really do. I mean, this is what it's all about in spring training. Good, fun times, getting you ready for the action that actually counts. I mean, this is what I was craving. Amidst the lockout, amidst just nothing going on. This is the kind of stuff I was craving. This is what we all crave. And it's also what I crave all off-season long in general, throughout your usual off-season. And then about two or three weeks into spring training, I'm over it and I just want the season. <laughs> uh, you know what else is great in spring training, though, by the way? And I make a big deal about this every single year in spring training. And you know what? I'm keeping it going into this year. I'm just going to keep it going. You know what else is great? The crack of the bat on a home run or any really hard hit, to be honest with you, in spring training. It always sounds great at any time, but especially in spring training, even more so than the regular season, but in spring training stadiums, you know, that stadiums open and all, it has this, like, extra echo effect, which adds even more to the sound effect of the bat hitting the ball and leaving the bat at, like, 115 miles an hour if an Aaron Judge or if a Giancarlo Stanton hits it. I mean, the sound is just... It's like amplified even more in spring training. I can't even explain it. Those of you diehard baseball fans out there like me know what I'm talking about. It has a great sound all the time. In the regular season, in the postseason, which I guess sounds the same as the regular season, played in the same stadiums. But just even more so in spring training, there's like an added effect to the sound. And this past week, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton just murdered a couple of baseballs, as per usual. And the sound, oh my god. God, just li listen to this two-run double that he ripped down the left field line against the Phillies back on Monday. I, I must have listened to this on loop while I was at work when I found just a few minutes of time. I must have listened to this on loop at work about 37 times in a row. And, and I just wanted to play it on the show. Just, just listen to this. That is ripped to left field. It's a base hit. Oh, God. One more time. Just the sound of contact. Mmm. Holy Moses. <laughs> How can you actually feel bad for an object? 
I, I feel for those baseballs, man. Damn. I feel for them. How about the homer he hit yesterday, too, by the way? Or earlier in the week against the O's, I think it was? Giancarlo's my freaking boy, man. My God, he's my boy. I love him. Oh, God, I love baseball. <laughs> Anyways, a lot more happened this past week, guys, other than just, you know, typical baseball hype, which is plenty in itself, of course. You don't need anything else. But a lot more happened this week. It also happened to be the week where a crap ton of one-year deals to avoid arbitration happened. The Yanks agreed to a one-year $4.7 million deal with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa officially, so he's on for a year officially. They also agreed to terms with Miguel Andujar, Joey Gallo, Chad Green, Kyle Higashioka, Clay Holmes, Jonathan Lewisica, Jordan Montgomery, Wandy Peralta, Jameson Tyone, Glaber Torres, all of them on one-year contracts to avoid arbitration, so all good there. Roster moves have begun to happen already since the already shortened spring training just continues to progress. So as to be expected, some roster moves have already happened. Like Luis Medina, he was sent back down to double A. Everson Pereira to high A and Yoandres Gomez to single A. And as far as other things, there was actually another signing just today. Just literally like a couple hours ago, I think, if that. The Yankees actually signed Shelby Miller to a minor league deal. And that name might sound familiar to some of you, and it really should. Because at one time, he was a pretty good pitcher. Very respectable. He has made, basically, up until just a year or two ago, his entire living just being in the National League. So he was with, he started out with the Cardinals, and he went to the Braves, and then he was traded to Arizona, where his career went really downhill. The last time he was good, really, or just anything worth mentioning when it comes to good stats was all the way back in, like, 2015, I think. So, yeah, it's been, like, seven or eight years, so that's not good. Uh, but, I don't know, the Yankees seem to think, I guess, that they could sort of revive any sort of his old self and bring him back so he could potentially mean something to the Yankees down the line, maybe? Because it's been quite a while since Shelby Miller was anything to talk about, anything good to talk about. But he was solid with the Cardinals. He was good for the short time he was with the Braves. And then the Diamondbacks just like really, really wanted him badly. So they got him in the trade that is just a nightmare in hindsight for them now. Because in that trade, they gave away Dansby Swanson and Ender Inciarte. I had to refresh my memory about that because I had a tough time remembering who it involved. But my God, in hindsight, what a nightmare of a trade. <laughs> Oh my god. Because that was really when Shelby Miller started to go downhill when he went to Arizona, if you look back at his stats. And him giving up Dansby Swanson and Ender Inciarte, who's now a Yankee. So Shelby Miller and Ender Inciarte are now on the same team, after all. <laughs> they both find themselves in the Yankees in 2022. And who knows if we'll see Shelby Miller as a Yankee at all, because it's just a minor league deal right now. He's going to have to prove himself. He just got here, so he's probably going to throw some bullpens, try to prove himself a bit, and see where it goes from there. But, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's fine since it's just a minor league deal, but if that's their pitcher signing, just, you know, sort of a revival project, rather than getting a Frankie Montes, then that's that obviously kind of stinks. You never know. Shelby Miller could somehow revive himself from many years ago. You never know. But, I mean, you'd rather go for the Revival Project in Shelby Miller, or you'd rather get a Frankie Montes. I think the answer is quite obvious. But 
The Yankees did bring in Shelby Miller. We'll see if anything comes of him in this minor league deal. But it's been a struggle for him since like 2016 or 17. It really has been. His career has been bad. <laughs> Let me see. I-, I looked up his stats before. Yeah, and I still have it up right here. Yeah. 2016, 615 ERA in 20 starts. 17, he only had f- he only appeared in four games. Those were all starts. 409 ERA, but again, it's only four games. Five games in 2018, four of them starting 1069 ERA. Yeah, 2019, he appeared in 19 games. Only eight of them were starts. 859 ERA. 2020, the shortened season, he opted out. He didn't play. So he opted out there. 2021, 13 games, didn't start any of them. So it was all out of the bullpen. 924 ERA in total. He was with the Cubs and the Pirates. Yikes. Yeah, so like I said, since like 2015, his career just really went downhill. Yeah, he was with, yeah, first three years, 12 through 14 with the Cardinals, 15 with the Braves. Yeah, just like I said. 16, 17, 18 with Arizona. That was when he just took a nosedive. Then he finally came over to the American League in 19 with the Rangers with them for a year. Yeah, just a bad year. 2020 opted out. Last year was rough. Yeah, I don't know. This, this is a revival project. So the Yankees, I don't know. I guess they think they could bring some sort of his old self back. I have to assume that's what they're thinking. So yeah, Shelby Miller signed today. Wouldn't make too much of it. But we'll see if it goes anywhere. Uh, something else I wanted to mention that I mentioned briefly last week. The vaccine update. With... It going around that unvaccinated players in New York would not be able to play their home games, as we've seen for so long with Kyrie Irving on the Nets. The same was going to apply to the Yankees and the Mets, as I mentioned last week. But news came out on Thursday that unvaccinated New York players can now play home games. As of this past Thursday, obviously the Yankees and the Mets have not come up to New York yet because the season has not started, but this applies for people like Kyrie Irving for whom the season has been going on in their sport for a long time now. But as of Thursday, unvaccinated New York players can play in New York. They can play their home games, which I'm relieved about considering, like I also said last Sunday, the rule really wasn't making much sense at all. I don't get into the whole vaccine topic, but all I know is allowing unvaccinated and vaccinated fans together in the tens of thousands to gather in the stadium and allowing unvaccinated visiting players to play in that very stadium, yet not letting unvaccinated home players play. I don't really care where you stand on this topic. That makes no sense whatsoever. (laughs) It just doesn't. And I guess finally someone realized that. So, but in any event, it looks like no one has to worry about that anymore, and I'm glad about that because, listen, I'm all for following rules as long as there is some sense to them. I- I'm sorry, though. That makes no sense. <laughs> How are you going to let unvaccinated visiting players come to play in that very stadium but not let the unvaccinated home players play in that very stadium? And you're going to let unvaccinated and vaccinated fans gather in that stadium in the tens of thousands. What sense does that make, man? Explain it to me. Try to school me in the comments or on my social media, whatever. But explain to me what sense that makes. (laughs) So nobody's got to worry about that anymore. Anyways, speaking of arbitration, by the way, and judge, speaking of judge too, with Gallo teasing him and all. (laughs) There's lots of talk about judge this past week too. My boy Aaron. 
He wanted $21 million for this year in his final year before free agency. The Yanks wanted to give him $17 million, and people were getting nervous saying, ah, they should have extended him already. This could possibly get ugly and ruin everything if it gets to an arbitration hearing. And you remember how that went with Patances five years ago? It got everybody nervous. Got everybody in a tizzy around here. <laughs> but I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Yeah, this is a business, unfortunately. Baseball, sports as a whole. As much as I hate that it is, it is a business. But I cannot imagine the Yanks let Aaron Judge go. I also imagine a reason that they didn't blow up the bank majorly this offseason in the first place, despite taking on Donaldson's contract and all, but them not completely just blowing it up and not caring how much money they spend, I've got to imagine at least part of the reason that they didn't do that is because of wanting to pay Judge being in the back of their mind somewhere. You have to imagine. Plus, Cashman did say yesterday, I don't know if you missed it, but, I mean, if you did, you're going to hear it now, but he did say yesterday that they do plan on offering Judge an extension before opening day. And opening day is only 11 days away. And again, I can't freaking believe that. But it is only 11 days away. Now, although I expected them to wait until next offseason for free agency, just to give them, you know, a fresh new contract, lock them up for the future, I mean, you know what? If it comes down to it, I just can't imagine the Yanks letting a potential arbitration hearing battle getting to the point of ugly with someone like Aaron Judge. But if an extension prevents that, prevents it from getting to that place, which, I again, I can't imagine the Yankees letting it get to in the first place, but if an extension prevents that from happening, and it makes everyone happy, both sides, and ensures that Judge has a future here, well, then, by all means, uh, give it a shot and extend him now. <laughs> so, we'll see. And if Cashman ends up delivering on his word, I mean, we could very well see an offer in this next week coming up that we can talk about for next Sunday. Or, John Heyman even said that we can get one this weekend, as in today, before today ends. So maybe before I'm done even recording this episode. Or maybe an hour after I upload already, just like the Twins trade a couple of weeks ago, just to stick it to me. <laughs> Who knows? But in any event, exciting stuff. The excitement for the season is just really beginning to pick up now. It's really starting to rapidly build at this point, and I just can't contain it. <laughs> even at work all week, being in my new position and having to concentrate and everything, my mind is just still on baseball. The excitement is is not containable. My schedule can be as busy as it wants. <laughs> and despite that extremely busy schedule, I have also still done all I could to keep up with as much spring training as I can. And the closer the season gets, the more amped up I'm getting. And I'm just so freaking ready. I'm so freaking ready. <laughs> and you best believe, you best believe, I'm still going to watch every regular season game. That is not slipping past me. You could give me enough work to keep me up every waking hour of the day. I am not missing regular season baseball. Only over my dead body will I do that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you tell I'm excited? Because I am pretty excited. Oh my goodness. So that's basically all the news from this past week. Quite a bit did happen again. 
It's really busy these days. Free agency is still wrapping up. There are still moves happening here and there. But for the most part, baseball is in full swing, pun intended. And life is good in the baseball world. Life is good there. Well, for the most part, it's good. Because you guys might have also heard that they're also, I, I should have known, that not everything could be perfect. <laughs> the league's got to mess up somewhere, in some sort of a way. But it was also announced this past week that the Ghost Runner is back. And for those who don't know that what the Ghost Runner is by that term, that is the runner on second base in extra innings. The unearned runner on second base in extra innings. Which, as you all know, drives me insane. So, yeah, not too happy about that. Not happy at all. They said that seven-inning doubleheaders were over with in the CBA. They said that the ghost runner is over with in the CBA. But I should have known. I should have known. We all should have known. Even throughout our joy of it being gone. Because 99% of people hated it. But we all should have known better. We all should have known that the league would find a way to sprinkle that crap back in. Let's put it back in. We all should have known that. I can't believe we're going to see that crap again. I just, I can't believe it. I'm not letting that get in the way of my overall excitement because I'm just too excited for baseball being back and the lockout having ended, seeing moves happening again, the whole deal. So I'm not going to let that destroy all my excitement, but my God, am I pissed off about that. I'm not happy about that being back. At all. Not, I'm over it. I'm over it. And I'm even more over seeing all the beat reporters and all the writers on social media basically being the only ones okay with it because they're shilling to the league. They're also, oh, the ghost runner's a good thing. How is it a good thing? Even Sweeney Murdy, who, by the way, I mean, in the unlikely event that Sweeney's listening to this, Sweeney, I actually like you. But the one tweet just made no sense that Sweeney made right after the, the rule was brought back. He said, you know, people are always wanting less strikeouts and more contact and basically more or less just want to see more excitement in the game. And he's associating the Ghost Runner with that, saying that, oh, the Ghost Runner adds that excitement that so many people are constantly saying, oh, they want this, they want that. There's not really a correlation, Sweeney. I can guarantee you that 99.999999999% of fans out there when they say they want more contact, less strikeouts, or just any sort of that thing in the game, any small ball, I'm pretty sure they don't mean put an unearned runner on second base in extra innings. Just one does not have anything to do with the other, my guy. Come on. And besides, speaking of more contact and more exciting elements to bring back to the game, more often than not, I do not see people even bunting over that runner. So it hasn't even encouraged as much small ball as some people thought that it would. So that's not an excuse. Not to mention that it just serves as yet another reminder of all the massively unpopular crap that's been incorporated into the sport these last couple of years that people couldn't wait to get rid of. I mean, listen, I know not everybody's going to feel the same way as me on, on everything. I get it. That's part of, that's part of life. That's part of discussion, debate, having freedom of speech, all that, all that stuff. And like I've said, I encourage that sort of thing. I encourage discussion. But I just don't possibly see how you could like this. I really don't. 
I have not seen this be popular with much of anybody, maybe with the exception of one or two people out there, literally in the history of my time on social media or doing this show, having people reach out to me about it. Maybe one or two people in my life I've seen like this outside of people who work for the league or are beat writers or reporters, work for a a big platform like MLB Network maybe. Other than those people, I have not seen anybody else like this. And just the excitement throughout the league about it being back. Where's the excitement coming from? I had somebody ask me, what do you want? Games to still go 15, 16 innings? Yeah, I'd like that. And then they ask why. I don't know. Maybe because I like the freaking sport? And I actually enjoy watching baseball? Why? What, What kind of question is that? And by the way, the last couple of years that that nonsense has been in this game... There were still baseball games that went 13 innings. I even saw a couple that maybe went 14. Games still went far. They didn't always end right away in the 10th inning. Do you really think that in some extra inning games, taking off maybe a half an hour is really going to be the end-all be-all as far as making baseball a more popular sport? No! It's just stupidity! Get a clue! I I just don't get the arguments that some people make. I literally had someone say, oh, you want, who wants to watch, uh, you know, 15, 16 inning baseball game? Uh, Me! Hello? Oh, why would you want that? Because I freaking love baseball. What do you think? I really wasn't planning on ranting today, but there's always got to be one thing, one thing that always makes me fly off the handle just once, every single episode. Oh, God. Despite how crazy I just went about that, though, I promise, again, I'm not letting that get in the way of my excitement. My overall excitement with spring training being back and being played every single day and the regular season only being about a week and a half away, I promise not getting in the way of that. I'm just I'm just not happy to see that rule return. It's crap. It's utter crap. And I don't care if you disagree with me on that or if you agree with me, the rule is crap. Sorry. If you don't like it, then I don't know what to tell you. Just cover your ears for whenever I talk badly about it or don't follow me on social media, don't listen to the show. Do whatever you got to do if you can't accept an opinion different from your own. It's crap. So, anyways, from this past week now, at this point, at <laughs> right now, that is all that has happened this past week. So, that's basically all the news. All the hype and the excitement. And I even had a couple of people ask me, well, Mike, now that games are happening, you're going to start doing the weekly recap again. Well, I'm going to do that when the regular season starts. I'm not going to do it in spring training because since the games don't count, I really just, I don't know, I I don't really see a purpose in doing in-depth recaps of games that don't mean anything. (laughs) I just don't really see the point. So, So yeah, I'm not going to do recaps until the regular season starts. So another week or two. And then I'll start up the weekly recap segment again and incorporate that back into the show. So, right now it's still just going to basically stay the, stay the same. In the introduction, I'm just going to give it any, any news that happened throughout the past week. Just talk about my overall excitement. You know, do the usual thing. And then we'll just go right to the social media segment and have a good time for the rest of the episode there. And have ourselves a grand old time like we do every week. I mean, come on. 
So, speaking of that social media segment, we'll move right on to that. But first, please, just a reminder to please, if you don't already, follow me on all social medias, my friends. My Facebook fan page, you can find it, Mike Scudero NY. Just look that up, you'll find it right away. On Twitter, find me at Mike Scudero. And on Instagram, it's Mike Scuds97. Be sure to also subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on. That's YouTube. Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below if you're listening on YouTube. Leave a review showing your love if you're listening on any of the other three. And just do your thing, guys, like you always do. But anyways, for the social media segment this week, I know we did one just about two or three weeks ago, but before that, again, I didn't do one for like three months. So I'm bringing it back again just once more, and then maybe I'll wait another month or two to do it. I don't know. We'll see. Especially because there'll be a ton of questions for me to ask you anyway at that point, especially once the season starts. But for now, I thought I'd do another Q&A for this week. So question and answer. You ask, I answer. I read out your question and I answer it right here on the episode. So we're going to start on Twitter. We'll read out maybe, I don't know, like Anywhere from like seven to ten questions. I usually like to give out in-depth, fleshed-out answers for each and every one of you. Want to do my due diligence to you guys for asking the question out of appreciation for you even asking me a question in the first place. And then I'll read a few over on Instagram. And then we'll put a nice little neat bow on this episode, huh? What do you say? Well, regardless of what you say, that's what's going to happen, so deal with it. (laughs) Let's head on over to Twitter. We'll get right into this Q&A. If my phone wants to load, that'd be a beautiful thing. There you go. (laughs) All right, so this week's Q&A. Who are we going to start with on Twitter? Got plenty of questions. First up, let us start with... At Crusaders BBNY, they ask, Mike, what letter grade would you give the Yankees brass for their offseason moves? And what do you think still needs to be done to be a championship-caliber team? Well, first of all, thank you for the question. As far as a letter grade I would give, I guess I'd give like a, a C. I don't know. I would have liked more to happen. I badly wanted Olsen for first. I would have loved either Story or Correa for shortstop. And I know what people are going to say, especially when it comes to first base, which, by the way, again, like I said last week, I'm fine with. I'm okay with Rizzo. But, I mean, Olsen and Freeman, they are just factually better at this stage in the game. Despite Freeman being around the same age as Rizzo, but still factually, statistically better. And I know the deals with them. Olsen costed an arm and a leg. For Atlanta, I know. I know the prospects they gave up. And Freeman, yes, I know. Just really didn't seem like he wanted to come here, and there's nothing you could do about that. I get it. I know that. (laughs) You don't have to explain it to me like I'm four. And with shortstop, I mean, Correa just got the most unorthodox deal when it comes to what we were expecting. And also went to the most random team that nobody was expecting. And Trevor Story got a six-year deal, which... You know, I guess the Yankees weren't willing to do because uh, they have plans for the future with the shortstops, with the shortstop prospects that they're looking at, like Volpe, Peraza, others, plenty. They they have so many shortstops down in the minors. Trey Sweeney, the list goes on. So I I get this. I get the situation. I do. But it's still undeniable that those options were better options. I'm okay with Rizzo, with Isaiah Kiner Falefa. I raised my concerns last week. I'm willing to wait and see. He has looked pretty good in spring training, which I'm happy about because, like I said, if you're a Yankee, 
I can express my concern with the move being made, but you are a Yankee, so I'm going to root for you and hope you do well. <laughs> so if you missed all my takes on that Yankees-Twins trade and everything else that happened in the prior week, please go back and listen to last Sunday's episode because I had a lot to say about all of it. But I still feel they also need help at catcher especially with Rortvet and his oblique problem, which I know a lot of people have said is minor. I even mentioned that last week as well. And he's already doing throwing. I get it. I'm not a big Aaron Hicks guy in center field. I wish they improved in center. Although he can still hit, I have concerns about taking on an over $20 million contract in an aging veteran who's had some injury problems here and there the last few years in Josh Donaldson. He hit his home runs already. He actually hit another one today in spring training. The game is on right next to me again. But, yeah, it's... So I have my concerns, and there were better options out there despite also knowing the circumstances with each one. I know. Calm down. (laughs) But I still feel that they could have improved better in other areas. I have some doubt about the infield because, for instance, you have Glaber at second base. Where are you going to play DJ? Really, it seems like the only regular way for DJ to play is if you have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa help out more at catcher, which is a good thing. Love that. And you slide Glaber back over to shortstop because it seems like he is the backup shortstop. You slide him back over, which I don't like. You have DJ at second, and then from left to right in the infield, you have Donaldson, Glaber, DJ, and Rizzo. Otherwise, you're probably just going to have to keep switching DJ out with other people. Like, if Glaber has a day off, then you put DJ at second, but then you're missing Glaber's bat. You give Rizzo a day off, you put DJ at first, which I'm not a big fan of in the first place, and then you're missing Rizzo and his bat with his defensive abilities. You take Donaldson, you give him a day off, or maybe when he's hurt, or if he gets hurt. You put DJ at third, Not too crazy about DJ at third either. And then you're missing Donaldson's bat. So the only way to really fit DJ into here, if you're going to give Glaber starting priorities over him at second base, is if somebody gets hurt or gets a day off. Because then you have Isaiah kind of for left at shortstop, and DJ doesn't play short anyway. So I don't know. I have my doubts. I do. So I guess I'd give it a C. I don't know. It would have bumped up even more if they were to go after... Manaya or Montes, because I really want either of those two, I'd be more than happy with. But it doesn't seem like that's happening. If it does, then, you know, shut my mouth big time and I'll move up the letter grade. But for now, I, I don't know. Because I definitely feel like they could have also added a bit to the middle of the rotation. I think Montes or Manaya would have been a really solid addition to the rotation. So I don't know. I understand the circumstances at shortstop and first, but I, even in other areas, I feel like they could have improved a bit. I'm just not... I'm not completely pissed off, but I'm not thrilled about it either. I'm not. I have my concerns, as I've voiced plenty. I have my concerns. So we'll see how it turns out, I guess. Good question, though. Up next, we have Spencer at Musician DMD, and Spencer asks, I cannot wait to attend opening day with my daughters. Although my season tickets are in the bleachers, 203, I'll be sitting on the first base side near home plate, section 118. Will you attend Yankee Stadium this season? And what's the section or part of the field you prefer to watch? Hmm. It's a really good question, Spencer. Thank you for it. Well, first of all, I hope you enjoy opening day. I'm sure it's going to be a great time. 
And I'm sure you're that much happier about it happening after all the crap that went down with the lockout and everything. I know how much you were craving for it to end so you could attend your games. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. First base side near home plate, that's really good. Um, As far as me attending Yankee Stadium, believe it or not, I haven't been to a Yankee game since 2019. Because obviously 2020, they didn't allow game, they didn't allow fans to attend the games. And I think my last game that I went to in 19 was in like June or July or something like that. I, I, I can't even remember. So, yeah, in 2020, no attending for anyone. And in 2021, I just, I stayed away from the stadium because I just didn't want anything to do with with all the craziness you know, masks or no masks, vaccine or no vaccine, and and capacity or no capacity. I, I just didn't feel like dealing with it, so I stayed away. I don't know. Especially with this new job that I have now and all the craziness, all the all the busyness I'm going through. I don't know if I'm going to attend this year. All I know is, though, it's it's been a while. <laughs> and what's the section or part of, of the field you prefer to watch from? I'd say it's probably the part that I've sat in mostly, and I would say the Jim Bean Suite. I love being up there. It's like two or three decks up right behind home plate. You're behind the plate. You're up a bit so you could see the entire stadium right in front of you. I really like it there. But I also love sitting field level foul territory side. I love that too. And I sat in the bleachers once. That was nuts because, you know, the bleacher creatures are a bunch of psychos. (laughs) Positive psychos. Fun. That's what I mean. Not actual psychos who need to be locked away or anything. But just crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I have a few different areas, but I, if I had to say, I guess I'd say the Jim Bean Suite. I really like it up there. But yeah, if I do attend any games, of course, I'll be sure to let all of you know right away. Because I'm sure, you know, a lot of you would want to meet up, and I'd be down for that. I like that. So I will be sure to let you know. But I do hope you enjoy opening day, Spencer, and all the games that you go to after that. I know you have a lot of Yankee tickets, usually. At Yankee Reactions is up next... And they ask, how does DJ fit into the opening day lineup? Yeah, well, I just addressed that before in another answer. And thank you for the question. But in any lineup, unless somebody has a day off in the infield or anybody gets hurt, God forbid, then he doesn't really fit. <laughs> and it's crazy because, you know, last offseason, you just signed him to a six-year contract, and now there's really no place for him unless you just do a really crazy rotation of players or, you know, someone gets a day off or someone gets hurt. That's really the only way that DJ is going to fit because I assume, I assume Glaber's going to get starting power over him. Is that an ice cream truck outside? Do you guys hear that? Hold on, I'm going to hold the mic up to it. Do you guys hear that? I don't know if the microphone picked it up. <laughs> There's literally an ice cream truck driving around outside. And here in New York today, it's like 45 degrees out little desperate to make money, are we? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's 43 degrees out. What are you doing out there, bro? Go home. <laughs> it's, it's cloudy out. It's not even a nice day out. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, where the hell was I? <laughs> uh, DJ fitting the opening day lineup. <laughs> I'm so easily distracted. Um, but yeah, like I said before, he really doesn't fit. He does not fit unless somebody's given a day off or Aaron Boone just has his usual, you know, sicko mode rotation days, you know, like he likes to do or somebody gets hurt. It's just, it's not happening. So we'll see how he manages that. All right. That's really loud. What the hell is going on out there? Of course, I have to stop right across the street. 
<sighs> Good thing is the microphone I use, I could just like pick it up and walk around with it if I wanted to. But yeah, my god, there's literally levels right now. So the 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 noise of the ice cream truck is literally just interrupting my show. And I'm not I'm not even editing it out. Makes for some good comedy, maybe. All right, up next, as far as questions, at Yankee Ken is next, and they ask, how many innings will Luis Severino pitch this season? Well, that's a good question. Well, he is coming off an injury, of course, major surgery, Tommy John, and he only got to pitch a little bit at the end of last year out of the bullpen, which I really loved what we saw out of him out of the bullpen. He looked really good at the end of last year. He's gotten banged around a little bit in spring training so far. Not worried about it. But I guess since he's coming off injury and, you know, especially because also on top of that, spring training's a bit shortened. I would assume maybe anywhere around like 150 innings. 130, 150. I'd say so. Because this is going to be his first full season pitching again since 2019. It's a long time. So... Yeah, a, a lot of his extension time from when the Yankees extended him, a lot of that's been spent on the injured list. So, not good. But since it is the first time for him pitching in that long, I can't imagine it's much more than anywhere from 130 to 150 innings. I'd be shocked. And I assume they're going to be really careful in even giving him that starting length again to even start the season. And I should even mention that in 2019... That was the last time he was starting games. He even only had three starts that year because he was getting hurt that year too. So the real last season that he had that was really full, really a lot of numbers that you could look back on and he was really good, was 2018. Because that year I think he was like 19 and like 7, 8, or 9. I could look that up right now. Go to baseball reference. I, I know his ERA was good. It was in like the low threes and he had like over 200 strikeouts. He had two, over 200 strikeouts in 17 and 18, I think. Let me see. Here we go. Luis Severino. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, he was 19 and 8. Okay, basically nailed that. 339 ERA, 220 strikeouts, 191 and a third innings pitched. And yeah, in 2018, 14 and 6, even better ERA, 298, 193 and a third innings pitched instead of 191 and a third the next year. And 230 strikeouts. Yeah, so those are your last two years that you're really going off of. And yeah, in 2019, yeah, he had three starts. And then last year he was out of the bullpen at the end of the year. So that's that's all you've seen out of Severino since 2018. So yeah, he can't have a lot of innings. I, I can't imagine the Yankees put much, any more really than like 150 at the most. I'd be shocked if they did, but we'll see what happens. We'll see how Severino takes to pitching a full season again for the first time since 2018. <laughs> so... All right, next we have my friend James at Rebirth Chaos 09. And thank you, Yankee Ken, for the question, by the way, if I didn't thank you already. James asks, Yankees didn't seem to do much in free agency, but so far Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has played well. Do you see the Yankees having a better offensive season despite the lack of big moves for the 2022 season? Uh, Yeah, like I said before, I I said it, that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has had a good spring so far, and I'm very happy to see that. I'm happy. Listen, I hope my concerns are just that, at the most, ultimately, concerns. And I, I hope that they are just not even a discussion later. That's what I hope for. Better offensive season? Well, Rizzo will still put up respective numbers. Uh, Glaber hopefully continue to be more comfortable back at second and looking pretty good with the bat this spring so far. You get big offensive numbers out of him, that'll help big time, because a huge part 
of 2021 just being a miserable offensive season was how poorly Glaber did. So if he continues to be comfortable at the plate, more comfortable at second base with being back there, then that'll help big time. Just if Isaiah kind of falefa just puts his bat on the ball, that'll help get things going, hopefully. Donaldson can still have great power, as we've seen. He's hit a couple of home runs this spring already. Judge and Stanton are going to do their thing. I still believe in them a great deal. And Gallo, I don't know. You expect anywhere from like 35 to 45 home runs with him with like a 210 average to go with it. But, you know, pretty good on base percentage because he works his walks. But if he just keeps that up, I guess it'll be fine. Aaron Hicks has got to prove a lot to me because you guys know I'm just, listen, he's a Yankee, so I root for him, but I'm just not an Aaron Hicks guy. I'm just one of those people who thinks he's a bit overrated. So... Um, so yeah, I, I think they could have a decent offensive season. I definitely think it, it's got to be better than 2021. Because regardless, it, it can't get much worse than 2021. 2021 was a torture sentence. That was terrible. So, I have to imagine that despite making the monstrous splashes, it's got to be at least a little better than 2021. You gotta hope. So, and hopefully, of course, the pitching has to hold up too. Which is also why I would have liked for just uh, maybe another mid to upper addition to the rotation in a Manaya or Montes or maybe somewhere else of all the pitchers that came off the market. But I think this is really what we're riding into the season with at this point. So we'll see how it goes. But pitching's got to hold up and the pitching was really what mainly held up the few positives that there were with the 2021 Yankees. The pitching was one of them. Throughout a chunk of the season, the pitching really kept the team afloat, bullpen and starting, both of them. Oh, crap. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that going to be gone? Higgy? Higgy? Higgy! Oh, my God. Another home run. You want to you save some for the regular season, my guy? Jeez. <laughs> Higgy just went deep in the game. Again. What is that? His third home run? Three? Four? I got to look at that. Bro, is that ice cream truck going to go away? God almighty. Yeah, I think it is finally going away. Yeah, it's driving down the block. Finally. Get the hell out of here, bro. Yeah, it's his third home run. Third. God, this episode is crazy. <laughs> I hope it's at least entertaining for you. Got freaking ice cream trucks. Got the game on next to me, distracting me while I'm trying to answer questions in the Q&A. Yeah, that was Hickey's third home run already. Wow. Good for him. Save some for the regular season, man. You're going to need it. You're the main guy. <laughs> you are the starting catcher, bro. With Gary Sanchez gone. Save some. All right, anyways, where, where was I? So, Higgy just hit the home run. It's 4-2 to two Pirates now. Yeah, Cole got a bit... I wouldn't say he got rocked, because he still racked up a good amount of strikeouts. He looked good in that sense, but... Just gave up some bombs, and he wasn't his usual self, but... Know, I'm not worried about it. Spring training, who cares? Ugh, just need to take a sip of water. And James had another question also. How much concern do you have after Cole, because the rest of the rotation is questionable at best? Well, that's why I wanted to add another arm, even if it's just middle of the rotation. I mean, as far as in the rotation, you know, obviously I love Cole. I think Montgomery will put up a respectable season. He's very consistent. I mean, who knows if Nestor Cortez can repeat what he did because, I mean, Nestor's just God as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So you still have him if he repeats what he does, and he's a great arm to have. Uh, You have... Michael King, if you need a spot start from him, or he can come out of the bullpen, of course, too. I personally like Michael King better out of the bullpen. I just think he does much better. But you have him, 
Luis Heel, who I just expect to continue to grow. I can't wait to see him pitch more. And he's continuing to show some good stuff. So it's really... And of course you have Seve too. I don't want to forget Seve. So you have Cole, Seve, Monty, Nestor. Oh, Tyone, of course. Duh. <laughs> you still have Tyone there. And I guess Luis Heel could be if you need him for six. And then you have Michael King, who could be a starter when need be. But obviously, Severino is the risk that he is. Even Tyone is coming off of that bad foot injury. Had a lot of problems with his ankle. Even Cole himself with the with the hamstring problem, which I assume is better by now. But, you know, so there are question marks here. There are question marks. And then, of course, you look at some of the depth that they had. And they have good depth, but they did lose a piece of that with Herman going on the 60-day IL already. So, that's why I say I would have liked for them to add one more piece like a Montes or a Manaya. I think that would have been awesome. And they still could, but I, I just don't really see them doing it. Because you see the Yankees, and mainly like Cashman in the front office, you see them at this point saying a lot of, oh, we're good to go with what we have, we're ready to ride into the season with what we have, blah, blah, blah. So I just, I don't see them making any more moves, unfortunately, so I don't think we're getting either of those. Would have really liked that, but yeah, listen, the rotation was one of the things last week that I've, I raised concerns about, and I'll raise it again this week. So I have some concern there, I do. Because of injury risk, injuries that have already happened. Of course, there's another guy, you know, Clark Schmidt. He's there for some depth too, but I don't know. Clark's got to prove himself to me because in the few starts and the few spots he's had in the majors so far, he's gotten banged around a bit. I know it's very little. It's not enough to go off of. I get it. But, you know, get proven major league talent rather than relying on depth like a Clark Schmidt. I'd rather get the Montes or the Manaya. Duh. I mean, what would you rather do if presented the choice? I think the answer is obvious. Not to mention also, by the way, that Clark has had injury issues too. A lot of them. So, yeah, I got my concerns. Hopefully the bullpen can help out a bit though. So we'll see. Whoa, whoa, hold, hold on a sec. What? Wait, was that Judge? Yeah, I think that was Judge. Oh, holy crap. Oh my God. What? <laughs> he just hit a home run over the... Was that over the batter's eye? <laughs> oh my god. He hit it over the batter's eye. Alright, Aaron. You want that extension, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna put out that tweet right now. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, they just showed a replay. Oh, the poor baseball. Oh, my God. Sweet baby Jesus. It went over the batter's eye. Oh, my God. That was a freaking nuke. That's... Wow. Wow. Obviously, by the time you're listening to this, this will have happened hours prior, but... Whoa. Holy God in heaven. Spring training or not, that's freaking awesome, man. Oh, my God. Aaron Judge putting on a show with his first spring training home run. Holy crap. We've got to get a measurement on that. <whistles> Just keep on replaying it. That is that is unbelievable. So it's 4-3 to three Pirates now. 
at the point in time I'm watching it. Jeez. All right, anyways, I'm pretty sure I just got done answering James's questions, right? I'm all over the place today. <laughs> so in that case, thank you for the questions, though, James. Up next, we have at Andrew Caruso 77 and Andrew asks, do you see the Yanks making any more major moves before opening day? And if yes, what are those moves? Getting a catcher or a top pitcher, re-signing Guardy, what do you think will happen? Well, thank you for the question, Andrew. Uh, I do not see the Yankees making any more major moves before opening day. The only possible ones that I see that could happen, maybe, maybe they do get a Manaya or a Montes, maybe that happens. But outside of that, I don't really think that they're getting anybody else. I really do think that they mean what they say when they say, oh yeah, we're good to go with what we have. So I don't think anything else is going to happen. As far as getting a catcher or a top pitcher, I mean a Manaya or a Montes for pitching, that could happen. I don't see it being likely though. If it does, I'll be thrilled. But I don't see it happening. I definitely don't think they're going to get another catcher. I think they're just ready to ride into the season with Higgy being the main guy. And Rortvit whenever he gets past his oblique problem. And Isaiah kind of Falefa helping out a little bit back there when need be. Guardy's interesting because they still haven't bought Guardy back. And I prefer they actually don't because believe it or not, right now, I actually happen to really like the Yankees' depth off the bench. I really do like it. I really like what I've seen out of Ender and Sayarte this spring so far. I think he's done a really good job in trying to earn a spot there. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez could earn a spot there, who the Yankees just bought in last week on a minor league deal, right after the announcement of the Red Sox signing Trevor Story. <laughs> um, I made fun of that a little bit, but anyways. You have Tim LaCastro with him and his ungodly speed. He could definitely earn a spot out there. Estevan Florial could be out there eventually, some outfield depth. And if you even want to look at some infield depth when it comes to just bench players in general, Oswaldo Cabrera could definitely earn a spot. You've got Oswald Peraza could help out a little bit. If not, then he'll probably stay in AAA for the time being. But these are all guys, younger and factually and statistically better options, opting for bench spots and depth roles for this team. And I actually like the mix of those names. I think it's really good. So despite my concerns being in some other areas of the team, I actually think that the Yankees' depth roles and the Yankees' names for players off the bench, I actually like it. I'm actually pretty pleased with it. And in my eyes, as much as I respect Gardner for his loyalty and all he's done here, regardless of all of that, that makes me feel like there's even less of a need than there already was in general for Brett Gardner to return. And the fact that the Yankees haven't even brought him back yet and we're a week and a half away from the season, I, I don't think that he's coming back. I think he should ride off into the sunset at this point because I can't imagine him playing anywhere else. said that many times. It's just hard for me to imagine Brett Gardner playing anywhere else. I've heard that the Blue Jays might have expressed some interest in him, but I, I, I can't imagine him playing anywhere else in general, let alone a division rival. I just find that hard to believe. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe. If there's nobody else that'll give him an opportunity and they're the only ones and he really wants to play, I mean, who knows? If he wants to play that badly, then who knows? But his loyalty and his love for the Yankees, if they just don't have a need for him anymore, then I don't, I don't see him playing and I don't see the Yankees giving him another opportunity. And the Yankees and Cashman and all the front office saying that they're good to go with what they have makes me feel even more so that way that they might actually not bring Brett Gardner back, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because he's still out there. He's a free agent just sitting out there without a job. 
with the regular season being being a week and a half away. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But as of right now, I don't see them bringing him back, and I don't really see a need to bring him back. The Yankees have plenty of competition with plenty of younger, more promising, and just more useful utility guys off the bench than Brett Gardner at this point in his career. So, that's my opinion on it. I hope that answers your question, Andrew. Thank you for the question. Up next, we have at Hoodie Frazier, and they ask, Hey, Mike, what do you anticipate happening with DJ LeMayhew this season? I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how they're going to rotate him into the lineup. Glaber looks too good to think of sitting him. Maybe bench Hicks, D.H. Donaldson, and have DJ play third? I have no idea. Well, thanks for the question. And that that is a good question. It's been asked many times already. And my answer is the same as it was in prior questions. It's tough. I think it's just going to be how Boone just rotates things around, like I said, or if somebody gets hurt or wants a day off, which plays into the rotating part. But that's really the only way. Because I think in general, Glaber has more starting power right now, and Glaber has looked good with the bat so far. So I don't think the Yankees are going to want to sit him. But DJ, of course, especially having just signed a six-year contract last offseason, still has his value. And, you know, out of the three seasons he spent here, two of them have been killer seasons. So he pulls some weight too, obviously. But yeah, I mean, listen, I'd be all for benching Hicks. I know he really hasn't played too many games out there, but I believe in Judge's ability so much to the fact that I think he could be a solid center fielder if you pushed him to be that. Put Judge in center. Put Stanton in right. Leave Gallo in left. Or you switch those two around, put Stanton in left and Gallo in right, just depending on which one feels better where. I believe in either one, though, because they're both solid defenders. Despite Joey Gallo still giving me nightmares about the drop pop-ups he had at last season in those crucial moments towards the end there. But anyways, I acknowledge that he's still a good defender. Um, So I'd be willing to go at the outfield of, from left to right, Gallo, Judge, Stanton, or Stanton, Judge, Gallo, especially because I also do hope that Stanton continues to play in the outfield. I've been advocating for that for a long time. And maybe DH and Donaldson could help with his injury risk being even less because he won't be playing the field as much. I mean, maybe. But I'm not even, like I said before, I'm not even that thrilled with DJ playing third. DJ is a second baseman. I want him playing the position where he won multiple gold gloves at, which is second base. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how Boone does this, though, because, you know, getting Donaldson kind of clogged it up for DJ. Because I guess, you know, they obviously had plans of getting rid of Geo, which even I anticipated that. I said that Geo was looking like the odd man out for someone they were willing to get with shortstop. We didn't know that they were going to also get a third baseman in Donaldson, but they did. So that clogged that up for DJ. If they were to trade Geo, then all of us were like, oh, DJ will be the third baseman. Well, getting Donaldson clogged that up. Isaiah kind of for left as a shortstop, even when he's not there. If he's helping out a catcher, DJ doesn't play there. So they'd have to shift Glaber over, and then DJ could play second. Or they would switch him out with Rizzo, which I don't like, because Rizzo's got to mainly be the first baseman. You know, I want Rizzo's lefty bat in, in there, and I want his defense at first base. So, it's going to be interesting. Definitely some rotating is going to have to happen. I mean, that's the only way. So we'll see how they manage it. All right, let's maybe just do a couple more here on Twitter. At Laker477, my friend Rob. And Rob asks, which player, if any, has impressed you the most so far during this shortened spring training? Well, thank you for the question, Rob. 
Um, there have been a few. I could run down the list. I mean, some have impressed me more than one. Like I said, Isaiah, Isaiah kiner Falefa has actually gotten on base a lot. He's looking pretty good. And like I've said before, he's got good versatility on his side, and he can even help out a catcher, like I said, because the Yankees need help at catcher. Speaking of catchers, like I just mentioned before, and he hit a home run again, Higgy's looking pretty good. Giancarlo's murdering baseballs as usual. Judge hit his first spring training homer just before over the freaking batter's eye, for the love of God. <laughs> Glaber's looking pretty good with the bat, like I mentioned too. Playing shortstop today, and... I guess you're seeing what I said last week come to reality. When I predicted last week that I guess he's the backup shortstop for whenever Isaiah Kiner Falefa isn't there. I know the Yes guys also said that. Because, I mean, who else is going to be there? There really isn't another backup shortstop. So, and you know that makes me highly uncomfortable. But hey, what do I know? Um, <laughs> I'm fine with most of the guys, I guess, so far. I mean, a few of the Yankees' spring training losses which I couldn't care less about, by the way, since it's spring training, but a few of their losses are because of the minor league pitchers blowing it late, so the pitching's been iffy. Cole had a rough day today. Like I said, Sevy's been getting smacked around a bit, but it's whatever, man. It's spring training. The velocity and the movement on their pitches are both still there for both of them, and the rest, I'm sure, will come in time. So long as they stay healthy, especially Sevy. Outside of that, I'm, I'm really not concerned at all, just because they got smacked around a couple of times in spring training that means very, very little, if anything at all, to me. But I guess it's how I felt so far, more or less. And I'm pretty pleased with a lot of guys. Pitching can be a bit better, but a lot of spring training with pitching, like I said, is experimenting and just getting everything in order and getting ready for the regular season, not really giving maximum effort, unless, of course, there's competition to earn a position. But but yeah, I guess it's how I feel, Rob. All right, last one here on Twitter, and then we'll go through a few on Instagram before we end today. Let's finish off with Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca asks, There's been talk of the Yankees making Judge a contract extension offer before the season starts. As of now, what would you offer him? Well, I can't say I wasn't expecting this question. (laughs) It's a good question, Rebecca, and thank you for it. And thank you also, Rob, for your question, if I didn't thank you already either. Um, But as I've also said, I'm really not good at contract predicting before the fact. I I I don't know. I'm just not really good at contract construction. I guess if I had to say, I mean, what I think the Yankees could offer him, anywhere from six to eight years, I guess. I really wouldn't go past six. I've said this many times. Not only because of Judge's injury risk or anything like that. Everybody has a risk of injury in general, but just because of the past. Despite my predicting that he would play a fully healthy 2021, which he did, and my joy for that, all of that aside... There is still just general injury risk fear there, along with the fact of him turning 30 next month. I really just, I don't like long-term deals, especially anywhere floating around 9, 10 years. But with Judge, I would just try to nail anywhere, like with 6 years. I wouldn't go over 6. And maybe anywhere in the low to mid-200s, I guess. Because it could be a case with him where if you're not going to lock him up, for like eight years like he might want. I mean, we don't know yet. But if you're not going to do that, then you're probably going to have to give him more money per year. So then you jack it up after that. But I guess six years, and I'll say like, I don't know, 230 to 250. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> A lot of people might say, Mike, what the hell are you talking about? That'd be terrible or not not enough or too much. I I don't know. 
you asked me what I'd offer him, and I'm not, re- and I'm admittedly not really that great at predicting contracts. I'm just not, because I don't know what Aaron would want. I don't know if the negotiations process has already happened at all, or how it's going, or how it's progressing or not progressing, and what they would need to do if Aaron maybe already rejected a certain offer they might have already given him. I don't know. <laughs> it's really hard to predict. But especially with what Cashman said, I would definitely expect news on it in the coming days, if not even before this day ends. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on over to Instagram. Thank you all so much for your questions on Twitter. It is greatly appreciated. Let's answer you know, a couple or a few here on Instagram, and then we'll end for today. I know we're already like an hour and five in, give or take. It's freaking nuts. I just can't keep track of time anymore. Let's begin with my friend Tina, Mountain Gal 456 with the Q&A here on Instagram. And Tina asks, why is the judge extension taking so long? You would think that this would have been so fast and easy. What's there to think about? I can't imagine this team without him. Hopefully this isn't going to drag on too much longer. Get it done, Yankees. This one, if it doesn't work out, will be hard to forgive. Well, Cashman did make his announcement, so something will happen. But before this, when arbitration came up, they were really in no real rush to do it, I don't think. Because he still is under team control. I mean, at the risk of letting it get ugly like it did with Patantis five years ago, they would probably extend him because I probably wouldn't want it to get to that with Aaron, but because I do value him a great deal. But I don't know, maybe now before opening day... You're probably going to see an offer or hear about an offer offered to judge. So before this, though, before arbitration really came up and the Yankees are, you know, being like $4 million apart with him on his 2022 salary in his last year of team control, there really wasn't a rush before that. He's still an offseason away from free agency that he obviously will not have to worry about if if they lock him up right now with an extension. But I don't know. We'll see in the coming week. I don't think the Yankees are going to mess this up, though. I don't think so. Just be patient, is is my advice. Especially after Cashman's announcement yesterday that something would be at least offered before opening day. Something probably will, so we'll see what happens. And in any situation where there might be talks going on, you know, there's, there's time that's taken for the negotiations process. Most of the time, the negotiations process takes a lot of time. But I find it hard to believe that they would mess it up. Next up is Official52011, and they ask, Any Yankee impressing you this spring? Well, that's the exact question I got before. Just uh, refer back to that, I guess. All right, last two. First up of the last two is my girlfriend, Vic Salimo, as always. And Vic asks, What's your predictions for Joey Gallo this season? Mm, That's a good question. With Gallo, I think we know we're going to get mostly. I think we'll get a batting average that's very low. I know a lot of people don't give a crap about batting average, so for those of you, fine. But probably anywhere from like a 200 to 210 average, anywhere from 35 to 45 home runs, maybe even more than that, who knows. Especially if it benefits him to have a full season in the Bronx as opposed to a half a season where he just really did not perform up to par at the second half of last year when he was traded here. But I'd say that that's a safe assumption for home runs. Maybe somewhere in the low 100s and RBIs. A decent or just a good on-base percentage, which is which helps in having a really good OPS, which the slugging should be good too because, because of his power and extra base hit ability overall. But a good on-base percentage too because he draws a lot of walks. So I guess those stats should be pretty good. But uh, the average will probably be barely above the Mendoza line. And you'll get good defense because he's a good defender. 
and I really hope he doesn't disappoint again like he did in the second half of last year because it was it wasn't it wasn't great. Did not live up to the hype. So we'll see. So basically low batting average, lots of power, runs driven in with it, good on base percentage because of the walks, slugging will be up there because of his extra base hit ability, which then will lead to a pretty good OPS at least, and good defense. Basically, that, that's more or less just generally. That's what I expect of him. Lastly, as always, my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. My mom asks, hey Mike, do you think Stanton will pull off another amazing season with his insane hits as he did last year? Seriously, on another note, it's so awesome walking into our family room and seeing baseball on our television again and you being so calm and content to watch spring training. <sighs> Isn't it a beautiful thing, Mom? It really is. <laughs> as far as Stanton, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been saying it all along. John Carlos Stanton's my freaking boy. I love him. And I'm convinced that the booing that goes on, if there is to be any booing, I'm convinced it's just trolling at this point because... I don't know how you could boo this man with all the stuff he's done since the 2020 postseason. I don't know how you could get off on booing this guy at this point. Or what basis you have to boo him. Because there really is none. But yeah, I expect great things out of him and Judge again. Both of them. I expect them to kill it, just like they did in 2021. Fingers crossed that they still stay healthy. I think they're going to do great things again. Because Lord only knows how they put that entire offense on their back in 2021. And just ran with it. Because they were incredible. They were the duo. The dream duo. That we were thinking of for years prior to 2021. When we all fantasized. About what those two behemoths. Can do together. With the fully healthy season in the same lineup together. And we finally saw that take place in 2021. And I'm going to bank on it taking place again in 2022. Expecting great things out of them both. They were never part of any of my concerns. I believe in them, and I expect great things out of them both. Those are my freaking boys right there, Judge and Stanton. Love them. And you know what? I love each and every one of you too for all of your interactions today and all of your interactions every week because it is always a great time, made a great time by you guys interacting with the social media segment just like it is this week. And as far as this week, that is all for episode 134 of Yapping Yankees today, guys. But please remember... Before we go, to follow me on all socials if you don't already. Facebook fan page, Mike Scudero NY. Twitter, at Mike Scudero. And Instagram, at Mike Scuds 97 Subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on too, guys. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below if you're listening on YouTube. Leave a review on any of the other three you might be listening on. And also... If you've missed any prior episodes of Yapping Yankees, then be sure to go back and listen to them. Episodes 34 up to episode 134 today are available on YouTube and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's going all the way back to episode one, are available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Easy to fall behind on these episodes, guys, so if you've missed any, go and catch up on them. But once again, as I say every single week, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, April 3rd, when I come at you with episode 135 of Yapping Yankees, and when we are within four days of the 2022 regular season. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient. 
please stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Keep watching baseball. And thank you all for tuning in today, guys. It was fun to finally incorporate some clips back into the show again, get some natural Yankees content in there, and I hope you had as much fun listening as I do, as always, broadcasting to you. And here is to another week of Yankees baseball. Enjoy your week, my friends. Take care.